Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Thank you for joining us today. And for those of you uh, who are joining us online, we're very glad to have you with us too. So let's take a moment to greet one another. So if you're on site, uh, you may turn to your neighbor and give them a wave and a smile. Um, and for those of you who are joining us online, uh, you're welcome to type a greeting in the chat. And one of our moderators uh, will be online to respond to any messages there. So as we enter into the sacred time, please stand as you are uh, willing and able and uh, join me in the call to worship. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow, follow the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We, we trust, trust the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We are, we are fed, fed by, by the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We, we live, live in, in the, the shepherd's, shepherd's care. Loving shepherd, you know our names. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May, May we, we dwell, dwell in, in the house of goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. Let's remain standing and join our hearts and voices in a time of praise and worship. sing of your faithfulness of your mercy and your love i will say this is the day that the lord has made i hold on to your promise and your resurrection power restore to me your joy i will praise you now i will sing of your faithfulness of your mercy and your love i will say this is the day Restore to me your joy, I will praise you now. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord our Savior reigns, and the joy of the Lord shall be our strength. I was born to be your dwelling place. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will sing of your faithfulness of your mercy and your love i will say this is the day that the lord has made i hold on to your promise and your resurrection power restore to me your joy i will praise you now be glad and rejoice for the lord our savior reigns and the joy of the lord to be our strength I was born to be your dwelling place this is the day that the Lord has made I will sing 
of your faithfulness, of your mercy and your love. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I hold on to your promise and your resurrection power. Restore to me your joy. I will praise you now. Be glad and rejoice for the Lord our Savior reigns and the joy of the Lord shall be our strength. I was born to be your dwelling place. This is the day that the Lord has made. Be glad and rejoice for the Lord our Savior reigns and the joy of the Lord shall be our strength. I was born to be your the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has
Let us bring our thanksgiving and concerns before God in prayer. Creator above us, spirit within us, Lord ahead of us, friend beside us, open us to yourself as we become aware of your presence here. We thank you for useful jobs to do, for leisure to enjoy, for fun to have, for homes to live in, for bodies to touch, for love to share. We thank you for the gifts you've led us to discover within ourselves and for the gifts other people have given us by giving of themselves In a time of war, we pray for peace. Let all who think lightly of making war be converted to think strongly of making peace. In a time of nuclear proliferation, we pray for cool heads and wise negotiation among nations. In a time of destruction because of climate change, we pray for greater awareness of our collective responsibility to save the world, 
We pray for effective work by scientists, engineers, policymakers, economists, and philanthropists. We pray for aid to quickly reach those affected by the floods in Pakistan. We pray for courage and will to be vigilant and engaged for such a time as this. We pray to you for our friends and the people we care about, for people whose life has somehow become boring and lusterless, whose partnerships and marriages have lost their tenderness, whose health is poor, whose hope for the years ahead is growing dim, and whose death is near. O Spirit of Christ, give us a joy that outlasts our sorrows. Give us a hope stronger than the despair of our discouragement. And give us a new belief that we have reasons to rejoice and be glad for who we are because you made us and gave us life. And all we have is a gift from you. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, amen. But call your name Will you go where you don't know And never be the same Will you let my love be shown Will you let my name be known Will you let my life be grown In you and you Will you use the failure? 
steps show Thus I'll move and live and grow in you And you in me Thus I'll move and live and grow in you And you in me together to worship and be in the presence of God on this wet and cold morning. Glad to see all of you here. In the past few weeks, we have been privileged to hear new voices from our pulpit, from Wendy, from David and Elvin, and I'm grateful for the insights and perspectives they offered. I have learned a lot from them. But today, we are also going to be using Menti. I mean, the last time I preached, I didn't use Menti. Uh, but today I have some questions, and so I invite you to um, log in to Menti um, through this uh, QR code or go to fcc.last/menti, and you'll be connected there. Were you challenged by the sermons in the past few weeks? Were there perspectives that made you feel uncomfortable? I was surprised how Elvin opened up another angle to the parable that we are so familiar with. The parable, the parable of the prodigal, from the perspective of the older brother being gaslighted, and that it is a valid angle. After all, who throws a banquet and forgets to invite one's own son? At best, the father was forgetful and negligent. But if we think about it a little deeper, did the father know how the older brother would feel when he was not invited to the banquet? After all, being left out is a common experience after all. I mean, we all will say, Bojo, right? And then to, the, to Jesus' audience of this parable, they'll be very familiar of fathers favouring the younger son, causing a lot of familiar tensions. And this may just be yet another occasion of hurt for the older brother. I want to ask you, have you ever thought why Jesus told parables? I wonder how you would feel when you come to me or Pauline for advice and we gave you an answer. Instead of an answer, we gave you a parable. I tell you a story. So I'll wait for some of you to reply. Why did Jesus tell parables? You know, scratch head. Why didn't Jesus go straight to the point to help us relate? So that his teachings might not be taken literally? To promote further reflection? Stories bring more impact to retention, so you can remember, right? Um, it's easier to remember a story than uh, remembering a set of rules, for example. For people to think for themselves, very good. For us to understand deeper after self-probe, you know, you dig deeper and deeper and you think more about it. Because we couldn't handle the truth, maybe. Stories are more relatable than preaching directly, right? You know, like tell you what to do. Um, to bring out deeper meaning, to use what is the familiar to make people come to their own conclusions. Easy to translate to a wider audience, more relatable, a wider range of interpretations. To help us realise an interpretation we need as a, such a time as this. I wonder who wrote that. 
you got the point that I wanted to drive at. And I want to invite you to think about this. Whether we are conscious of it or not, when we hear a parable, the first thing we do is we jump straight and try to identify who the characters in the parable are. Which character represents God? Which character represents Jesus? And who am I in the parable? Now, I want to ask you, who told you parables are meant to be read that way? Who ever said that one of the characters has to be God and has or Jesus? Who ever said that? You know, there's no requirement for a parable to, for one of the characters in a parable to represent God. Jesus took, told parables because they were meant to shock. Maybe for us today, we are familiar, we hear these stories over and over again and we just treat them as stories. But Jesus' parables often contradicted, almost always contradicted, people's expectations and social norms. That's why they are unusual. That's why they are recorded. That's why they are surprising. The Good Samaritan that we are very familiar with, well, the audience of Jesus' time despised the Samaritans. The prodigal, I mean, which father will run out and lovingly accept a son who asked for his share of the inheritance and left, only to come back when he spent it all? And Jesus isn't the only person in the Bible who told parables. The prophet Nathan told King David in 2 Samuel chapter 12 a parable. He told, he told King David the parable of two men, one rich and one poor, and the poor man had nothing but a little ewe lamb that he almost treated like a child to him. And when the traveller came to the rich man, he refrained from taking one of his sheep to prepare a meal for the traveller, but took the ewe lamb from the poor man to cook. King David became angry. He burned with anger against the man and said to the prophet Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, he must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. And what was Nathan's reply? You are that man. The parable allowed Prophet Nathan to bring King David into a space to be able to hear what was being said. Prophet Nathan was actually pointing out what King David did, and everybody knew. He committed adultery with Bathsheba, who is Uriah's wife. And he got Uriah killed for, in the process to cover up his sins and then take Bathsheba as his own. You are that man. The parable is actually a mirror that helps us reflect and challenges us. The parable doesn't just give us the answer of what to do next. It often doesn't tell us what's, what's going to happen next or what we should do. It helps us see what the issue is. Parables are meant to capture our attention, to disturb us, to make us feel uncomfortable, to get us to show up and decide to do something, to change, to act, and to align ourselves with God's will. Parables allow us to enter the story with multiple angles, multiple perspectives, multiple ways of reading 
Because in different situations, we need different perspectives and different truths. If we approach these parables like a mirror, then we will be able to engage them in a way that will help us be prodded and challenged by Jesus to change and grow. So back to the parable of the prodigal. I resonated with it a lot because I'm the older brother. For a very long time, I kept thinking that my parents favoured my sister. And through these two years of COVID and therapy, I've come to realise that a lot of this is my own perspective and my own mistaken perspective. And I'm sure that my parents didn't see that they were favouring my sister. And even though I've come to understand this now, I still get triggered when my parents are forgetful or negligent or didn't let me know, just like the father in the parable of the prodigal. Recently, my brother-in-law was down with COVID and my sister was, an, uh, was an, on an overseas trip. And, back for, and she was coming back for the weekend and then heading for another work trip um, on Monday. So my mother suggested to her that she stayed with me over the weekend and my sister was busy in the, mo- uh, in the meeting, so um, she asked my mom to check with me. That was in the, on, in the morning of the day my sister was flying back Friday. Right? And then in the afternoon, my mom texted me, your sis is staying over with you this, uh, this weekend. And then I, I was suddenly triggered. To me, it wasn't a question. It wasn't asking for permission. It was an order. And again... I saw what I thought was the difference in how we were treated. It hurt. It felt like I didn't matter. It it was not about whether my sister could stay with me. Of course my sister can stay with me. I had an extra bedroom. All I need to do was just ask my partner, is it okay that my sister comes over for the weekend? I had already thought about that. But what was... The issue was, was how I felt I was being treated. I felt like I was the older brother in the parable. It was one of the many, many small things that added up, leading to the older brother exploding. You didn't even give me a young goat to celebrate my friends. I wonder how much of it is the older brother's jealousy and how much of it comes from experience after experience of feeling and seeing the younger brother treated in a better way. But enough of last week's parable. Today, I'm going to preach on the parable of the unjust steward. It's, not a, it's quite a controversial parable, and often you know, I would have avoided it, but maybe this time I was inspired um, with a different take, a different look after hearing what... Um, Elvin did with the parable of the prodigal. Because this parable seems to suggest that Jesus is condoning dishonest behaviour. The bad guy in the story is actually the one Jesus says we should emulate. So let's jump in into the text. Luke chapter 16, verse 1 to 13. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig. 
I'm too ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I'm dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly and make it fifty. Then he asked another, How much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended him, commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in very little is faithful in also in much. And whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can have served two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Wow. What is Jesus trying to say here? The parable ends with Jesus saying, we cannot serve two masters. So this isn't a parable about financial management and making money work for us so that we can do God's work. That has been a lot of the interpretations I've seen when I was searching online and doing research for this, for this parable. That's not what Jesus is trying to say. Because when we do this, when we, do, when we say that we try to justify making money so that we can serve God, we're actually trying to deceive ourselves to justify our actions to make more money. But in reality, we are not serving God, but another master. If parables are meant to shock us, capture our attention and help us reflect, then how do we interpret this parable of the unjust steward? There's been something on my mind for a while, and it is particularly appropriate for such a time as this. What comes to your mind when you hear the word steward? What comes to mind? For some of you, it might be um, our stewards who are on duty will come and serve com the communion elements to all of you. But what else comes to mind when you hear the word steward? Manager, caretaker, protector, servant, environmental, duty, guardian. Very good. Seems like protector is the biggest, you know, lower class. Air steward. <laughs> yeah, that comes to mind, right? Connections. Servant. Honour. 
caretaker, well, servant and caretaker seems to be taking the majority, you know, coming to your, a lot of your minds, worker, a lot of resonance, right? The steward is the one who has been given the responsibility for the management and service of something belonging to another. And his office presupposes a particular kind of trust on the part of the owner or master. Who is the steward in this story? What are we called to steward? Because I think we are the unjust steward. And what we are called to steward is this. In Genesis 1, right from the very beginning in the Bible, God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Two verses later, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Have we made good of this job? We were called to rule over, but did the ownership transfer to us? Or are we just stewards? for this creation that God put us in charge of. We haven't done a good job. No. Like the unjust steward in the parable, we have been mismanaging what we have been entrusted with. And we don't need to look that far back to know this as a fact. Just look back in the past three months. Record temperatures all over the world in the US, in Europe, in China, have resulted in droughts and fires. This is fire burning in China, not US. Uh. There are fires burning everywhere. Three of the world's major rivers, the Rhine, the Colorado, and the Yangtze in Europe, the US, and in China, are drying up. This is the Yangtze drying up. And these droughts have severely reduced electricity generation from hydropower for both China and the US. Scientists have said that we are quenching a thirst with poison because of this energy crunch, because the amount of energy that's generated from the, the Yangtze because of the drought dropped by 50%, they started firing more coal power plants and then contributing more to the greenhouse gases, that causes this climate change. This is a vicious cycle. And while there are droughts in some places, other places flooded. One third of Pakistan is underwater. And there are food shortages after the water covered millions of acres of crops and wiped out hundreds of thousands of livestock. More than 1,200 people have died 
from the flood since the middle of June, and nearly 400 of them children, and millions of people have been displaced. This is Pakistan underwater. While the record temperatures in other parts of the world, Pakistan's, Pakistan's monsoon is the wettest on record. Ten times more rain than usual, causing the Indus River to overflow, effectively creating a long lake tens of kilometres wide. And as we see more and more extreme weather events around the world, it is outrageous that climate action is being put on the back burner as global emissions of greenhouse gases still rise, putting all of us everywhere in growing danger. If there is a review, a, a performance review, we're definitely not good stewards with the creation that God has entrusted us. And yet, we are behaving like everything is okay. Perhaps we are fortunate to be in Singapore, where at worst we have ponding and then everything clears up rather quickly. We continue to make plans to travel. We continue to chase after the latest mobile phones and this announcement of this new phone and that new phone and we are thinking of buying one after buying one, a new one last year. And even before that, the one that we have is obsolete, we get a new one. We continue to do our shopping on 6, 6, 7, 7, 8, 8, 9, 9, 10, 10, 11, 11, 12, 12. It's almost as though we are pretending that God is not asking us, what is this I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your stewardship because you cannot be my steward any longer. Even the unjust steward took action. Us, we either pretend everything's okay and twiddle our thumbs while blasting air conditioning and watching the rest of the world burn or flood. And even when we are slightly aware, we kick the, the can further down the road thinking that, you know, this is really none of our business or think that, you know, there's nothing much we can do. Hold on a minute. We were given stewardship over all of creation. We are responsible. We have to do something right. The parable of the unjust steward invites us to come to our senses and realise, first and foremost, in the story, the money isn't really ours. Our possessions really aren't really ours. The territory, the land isn't really ours. We are simply managing for its real owner, God. You know what it says in Leviticus 25, the year of the Jubilee? In Leviticus 25, we find the declaration of the Jubilee year occurring every seventh Sabbath year. So every 50 years, there's this Jubilee year. It is a reset of everything, economic, environmental and communal, where land and people rest and all those who are in slavery are set free to return to the communities and the land is returned to the original owners. The Jubilee laws are essentially concerned with social relationship, economy, economic security and stability and the well-being of community. This reset prevents anyone from getting too rich. This reset 
stops us from accumulating more and more wealth, which is what we are really prone to do. You know, when manna fell from heaven and to feed the Israelites in the desert, guess what some people did? They collected more. They didn't follow instructions. They were told to collect one omer for every person in the household, and some collected more. What happened to the excess? They grew maggots. They fasted. I wonder what happens now to accumulation of wealth. Does it fester as well? This Jubilee law is concerned to ensure that people live in ways that reflect good relationships with God, with each other, and with all of creation. When you stop wanting more and more, then we, ex- we take less and less from the environment. Leviticus declares, the land must not be sold permanently because the land is mine and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. But let me tell you this. Nobody, no scholar, knows if ever the year of, a, of the Jubilee was ever observed. After all, who, who is in power, after accumulating all that wealth, want to reset? And 50 years, uh, after generation working hard to earn the money, passing down to the, 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 the next generation, and then earn to make even more money, after 50 years, maybe two, three generations, who wants a reset? We want our next generation to, to thrive, to be better, to have a head start. Whoever wants to reset everything back to square one? Nobody. And this attitude, our attitude, reveals something. It shows who is the real master. Spoiler alert. It isn't God. We become the master. We, the stewards, no longer recognize the master. Jesus taught throughout his ministry that God, the ways of God is different from the ways of the world. Jesus announces at the beginning of his ministry in the gospel according to Luke, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Poor. God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. People, the acceptable year of the Lord, that's the year of Jubilee. Mary Blair writes, Jesus will have seen himself as standing clearly in the progression of the prophetic tradition. When he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled, he's he's saying not just 50 years, not just every seventh year, but every year, every now, every day today, when you come across injustice, when religious systems shut people out, this is where Jubilee is fulfilled. You don't have to wait 50 years anymore for the reset. The reset happens now. I am coming to proclaim that reset. In this parable of the unjust steward, 
Jesus says, I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. I wonder if Jesus is not talking about heaven here. I mean, if you make friends with dishonest wealth, who are these friends? What kind of eternal homes are they welcoming you to? Because a little after this, Jesus tells of Lazarus and the rich man. And the rich man went where? You may imagine the changes that we need to make so that we are better stewards of creation is a difficult thing to do. I don't think it is just difficult. It is also inconvenient. It is also troublesome. And it requires sacrifice. But isn't it what is asked of us? The, origin, the origins of the word sacrifice has to do with worship. It is offering something to a deity as an expression of thanks, devotion and penitence. As I was writing this sermon this week, I read in the news of Yvonne Shawinat, okay, I think I just butchered his name, the founder of the outdoor apparel maker Patagonia. And then he, his wife, his two adult children, have given away the ownership of the company valued at $3 billion. I would have never thought any billionaire would have given all their possessions away just like Jesus instructed. But here is one who did. They gave their stake to a spe specially designed trust and a non-profit organisation cre created to preserve Patagonia's independence to ensure all the profits, you know, about $100 million a year, are used to combat climate change and protect undeveloped land around the globe. Not that I'm saying that it's perfect. Maybe there's something else going on here. I don't know. But here is someone who says, I'm willing to give it away. Yvonne says, Earth is now our only shareholder. In a message to the staff and customers, instead of going public, you could say we are going purpose. Instead of extracting value from nature and transforming into wealth for investors, we use the wealth that the company creates to protect the source of all wealth. And they believe that every billionaire is a policy failure. Perhaps that's what the Jubilee, the year of Jubilee is supposed to do, a policy to prevent people from becoming so extremely rich that it's just out of this world. You know how much a billion is? How much time does it take for us to ever accumulate there? Several hundreds of lifetimes before we can get to a billion for us normal people. He says, hopefully this will influence a new form of capitalism that doesn't end up with a few rich people and a bunch of poor people. We're going to give away the maximum amount of money to people who are actively working to saving the planet. What they do, what they did now makes it difficult for us to say it cannot be done. What they did helped me get a glimpse of the year of Jubilee. 
Jesus said, whoever is faithful with very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If you, if when you have not been faithful with dishonest wealth, who entrusts you with true riches? If we are not good stewards of this creation that we are entrusted with, who will entrust us the true riches? I want to invite you to think about what sacrifice that you can make to become a better steward of creation. And not just think about what it is, what you are willing to commit to. Oops. And while you are typing this out or thinking it through what you are willing to commit to to be a better steward of creation of the environment, I want to tell you one thing that I hope we can do as a community. During the pandemic, we moved, toward, we moved to pre-packaged communion elements. Yes, for those of you who just joined us in this past two years, you may not know that we used to mix Ribena, pour it out to individual cups, put it in the communion tray, and then we break the crisp bread into bits, and then that's how we did it in the past. But pre-packaged communion elements are still single-use plastics. It might be very little, right? just one little thing, right? It's not like you know, a huge chunk. But if we want to live out how to be good stewards, we also need to re-examine this. What we do with the little things reflect how, what we can do with the big things. If we are able to handle this honest wealth, then we are better at handling the true riches. I have always seen this table as the ritual and symbolic table of God's love and fellowship. So it might be small, it reflects how we understand God. We have thought about how we organize the distribution of elements. But you know, sometimes some things take precedence in some ways. For speed and convenience, instead of creating a traffic jam, we have stewards passing the communion cups from the communion trays for a long while. That's how we do it, right? But is that the way, reflecting on God's love, we sit, we sit there passively to wait for grace to come? Maybe. And also, you know, for those of you who are watching online, this period can be rather boring because nothing's happening. Nothing happens. One suggestion that's emerged is that instead of we can do a different way where you come forward to receive the elements from service and that will mean that we re reduce the number of contact points, right? You all don't just dip into the same bowl. This, and at the same time, provide some prepackaged ones for those who are concerned with health and safety. And then also we want to think about how we serve those who may have mobility challenges and maybe at the end of the communion, the servers go up to serve them communion. There's a lot to think about. It's a whole long process, but it needs to be thought through because this reflects how we understand this table of God's love and God's inclusivity. And it is also an invitation. You know, as we come up to receive, as we 
seeing the movement as folks watch online, something actually happens. When we think that nothing's happening, let's imagine that God doesn't exist when there's a silence or there's a break. But God is ever-present. God is everywhere. God is in even the moments where you're lining up, coming to receive communion, or you're sitting in front of your computer screen watching us having communion. It is about us tuning in and having the awareness to know God is present. Of course, you know, we'll need more than just suggestions. It will also be an opportunity for those of you who are interested to step up and serve. And I hope that those of you who are keen to participate, join us on the communion team. Come talk to me, right? So I want to go back to what you have put up. Share the knowledge we have and learn in our lives. Having Sunday services outdoor without aircon. I hope we can do that, but not today for sure. We'll all be drenched. Um, that, will be a, that will be an exciting thing, you know, to do. Um, but that might be, there might be other things that we need to consider, like uh, um, we can't really do it in a park because uh, uh, there will be a public gathering. We'll be bringing some laws. Uh, but we can think about such things. Buy less clothing, yes. Uh, I think I'm guilty of that. I've been giving away a lot more uh, away so that I'm, I don't have lots of T-shirts um, in my wardrobe become vegetarian, that's a good consideration. Gary has become vegan over the, the past few years as a commitment to doing so. Not saying that all of you have to do it, but it is about making a conscious decision and committing to it. Stop buying from the fast fashion labels. Only the poor and lazy people want to reset, yet they consist 90% of the pyramid. I think that all of us should want to reset because that will benefit everyone. What does one billionaire benefiting from everything while the rest suffer? That's not really reflective of the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God is where all are fed, all are thriving, and all have enough. That's what Jesus proclaimed. Don't buy private property well, it's not about buying. It's about understanding who is the true master. Who we surrender and yield to. Who we serve. Eat less, buy less, consume wisely. I hope that this prompts you to think about how you live out your lives. I just take small actions and I start from there. You know, we have these disposable sauces for chili sauce at all the you know, uh, hawker centres and even coffee shops. I don't know if you have noticed, for those of you who eat with me, I don't use those. I use the, spoon, the soup spoon to hold the sauce because they wash it. Because I just... Anyway, the reality is I'm not the one washing the spoon, right? But these are the things I do. I, do not, I avoid using disposables as far as I can. I think that's one way I can do. And then when it becomes a little bit bigger, I need to tell myself, I need to make this sacrifice to just do a little bit more. 
I don't turn on air conditioning every day. Because like today, you go home and turn on air conditioning, I will look at you like, hey, cool weather. Leh. Right? Things that we need to do, things that the little actions that we can take, even how small, we start with the small things and then we look onto the big things. A new phone and the amount of resources that go into that phone, the amount of digging and mining for the special metals that go into our mobile phones. Don't imagine that our, our mobile phones are that environmentally friendly. Huh? Even our computers, all our tech stuff. Yes, we want to chase our new things, but is it really necessary? And it's an invitation for you to reflect. Let us pray. God, you blessed us, making us stewards of this earth. The fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. But we, we have not been good stewards. Help us stay vigilant and honest so we know that you are master and learn to love you God, with all our hearts, souls, and our minds, and do so in action and not just in words, to committing ourselves to make sacrifices to become better stewards of your creation so that we are aligned with you and we can proclaim with Jesus the year acceptable to the Lord, the year of Jubilee. Amen. Let us prepare ourselves for a time of communion with God and each other. We gather each Sunday at this table even though at this time we are all not physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust in your abiding love. When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us. Trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our Good Shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. Lead us in right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares the table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. 
Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace. For our shepherd knows us, no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May I invite the stewards to distribute the elements, please? Come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. May I invite you to stand if you are willing and able for the prayer of communion. Together, God of love, you abide with us. Your loving presence stills us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. 
Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Please be seated. Welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. FCC is an inclusive and affirming church, so this means that you are welcome here regardless of your theological background, your gender identity, sexual orientation, economic status, or any other labels the world puts on you. So to our members and all those who uh, worship with us regularly and to those who are joining us for the first time, welcome home. My name is Wendy and I'm the service leader for today. If you're watching this online and the sermon has blessed you, please um, give the video a like and subscribe to our channel. If you're new to our church or this is the first time that you're joining us online, we invite you to leave your details at fcc.law welcome and our pastors and staff will connect with you uh, and reach out and find out how we can serve you. We also have a newcomers meeting at the end of every month, immediately uh, after the service. So there's a chance for you to meet our pastors and some of our leaders and learn more about the church and what we believe. Our next meeting will be on 25th of September and you can sign up by emailing info at freecomchurch.org. So let's continue to worship God with our giving. Offering is a time in which we express our reliance and our gratitude on God. And there are two ways that you can give, um, using PayNow by scanning the QR code on the screen or on the backs of the chairs. Uh, the first QR code is for the general fund, which goes uh, primarily towards our staff salaries and other um, operational expenses. Uh, the second QR code is for the building fund, which goes towards paying our mortgage on this property. You can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Uh, there is a 1.5% uh, platform fee for credit card giving, but we are grateful for giving in any form. So now please join me uh, in the prayer for the offering. Merciful God, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious care. Receive them for the gift of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh, so I invite the stewards to come up and uh, collect the offering. So if you are here on site and you wish to drop uh, cash or check in the bag, please raise your hand and our stewards will come to you. So while uh, they're going around, we have some announcements. Okay, the first has to do the Chinese ministry uh, will be having their second session on um, the Lord's Prayer, and that will be on the 25th uh, from 1 p.m. to 3.30 p.m., so right after church here on site. So we continue to need volunteers for the production ministry. So these volunteers make it possible for us to continue to uh, live stream the service over the internet. Uh, in particular, we're looking for visual presenters. Uh, they're in charge of running the videos, lyrics, uh, and other computer graphics. 
And you can find out more about the ministry by signing up for our next behind-the-scenes tour. Uh, so if you're interested, again, sign up at info.freecomchurch.org. That's our email address. Okay, so uh, if you've been uh, coming to FCC for a while and you're interested in becoming uh, or interested in finding out more about what it means to become a member, um, please sign up for our next membership class, which is uh, this week, uh, Wednesday the 21st at 7.30 p.m. And uh, today is the last day to register. Okay, um, so uh, due to popular demand, uh, we are bringing back um, the prayer rope workshop uh, for a second run, and there's a new edition, which is a sharing on contemplative prayer by Daryl. Uh, so please register at fcc.law/ace uh, for the after church event, which is on the 16th of October from 1 to 4 p.m. on site. Also in October, uh, on the 23rd, we would like to invite you to small group conversations on mental health. So whether you have lived experiences or not, regardless of how much or how little that you know, uh, come share your perspective um, and stories and curiosities, and, uh, and this will allow us to become a more compassionate community. So no registration is required, um, but if you have any questions, uh, again, you can email us at info at freecomchurch.org. Okay, so uh, lunch khakis. So this is, uh, these are made up of people from our community who want to continue our welcome uh, by having lunch together as a, at a nearby coffee shop. So if you're new, new or newish uh, to church and would like to get to know us better, um, please find uh, Chua. She'll be um, raising her hand in the back. Uh, and we look forward to getting to know you better. So now I invite uh, Pastor Pauline to give uh, our two final announcements about, uh, and then we will, and she will close us with the, uh, the benediction. So thanks, Wendy. Um, so two announcements that I wanted to share with you. Uh, some of you may know uh, Molly, uh, our beloved grandmother, um, she's uh, in hospital at the moment. Uh, she has an uh, infection in her blood uh, that they are treating with um, antibiotics uh, and it's uh, by drip. So she, the plan is that she'll be in hospital until the 10th of October. So quite a long stretch for her. Uh, I wanted, as a community, I know a lot of us have been visiting her, those of us who know. Um, she's undergoing some other tests as well and um, the doctor's trying to figure out uh, her health condition and what uh, how best right, to move forward on treatment. And so as a community, we want to gather together to pray for her. Uh, so if you are available tomorrow uh, evening, uh, this special prayer meeting will be online. Uh, we'll be streaming from where she is so that you'll get to see her and she'll get to see you. And I think that'll be a great encouragement to her. Uh, and so you can join us tomorrow at 7pm uh, on fcc.la/fccpraise, our usual prayer meeting link, okay? And so, I'd love to see a lot of you there, and um, I'm sure it'll mean a lot to her, okay, for us to show up. And next, we have our 19th anniversary service, a very special time for us always to remember God's goodness uh, in our journey as a church, to celebrate God's faithfulness, and to celebrate together. As you know, this is going to be probably the first time in quite a number of years that we are going to be able to eat together. Uh, and to celebrate that way. Uh, and so we've decided to call this the Great Banquet. 
The Great Banquet, not only because we literally can eat together, and so we are inviting you to a meal after the service uh, here, uh, but the Great Banquet because that's what God welcomes us to. Right? In the parables, Jesus also talks about the Great Banquet, how you know, the, the ruler actually lays out the table and asks for, the king asks the people to come. Um, and, and interesting who turns up for that banquet, right? So because it's the great banquet, we want you to come not as guests, but as hosts, as co-hosts. Especially for those of you who have been attending FCC for a little while. Please come as a host, right? Think about how you've moved from being a guest here to a host. And symbolic of that, we want to invite you to bring one thing, something that's convenient, okay? Uh, so one thing that's edible that you want to share with the community. Uh, we'll be doing something different with our hall on that day, okay? So there will be a banquet table uh, here in the hall. And you're going to be bringing the things that you want to share as an offering for each other as we celebrate God's goodness together, all right? So please don't worry about spending a lot of time cooking a storm, uh, missing the service because you have to cook a storm. Uh, please bring something that's easy uh, to share, easy for you to get, all right? But come here and be present with us. Be present to celebrate all that God is doing, um, not just over the years, over the past 19 years, but even now, all right? So I want to invite you to come and participate as a co-host uh, for this special event, okay? And now... Um, before we move into the benediction, I want to remind those of you uh, in the production and our worship ministries, we will uh, like you to join us today at 12.30 to 1.30. We're going to have a time just to kind of uh, share and to have feedback and to talk a little bit about the ways ahead. So if you happen to be here in person, please join us for lunch. We'll be um, providing lunch for you. If you are not here in person, you know, please uh, join us online. Uh, the information has actually been sent out, so um, we'd love to see you and, and spend this time with you, okay? And so if you are willing and able, please stand to receive the benediction. God, in your love, you have given us so, so much. And yet, we confess that we have been not very good as stewards in the responsibilities that you've given us to care for and to take care and to love the earth and each other. Forgive us, Lord, and even as we recommit ourselves to be better stewards of all of creation, God, would you help us? The strength of conviction Help us in, a, in our will and in our intention to do what needs to be done for the sake of the earth, the environment, and for each other. And so God, send us out to be your stewards in this world that needs so much of your care. Help us to truly embody your love in this world that is ailing, that is in decay. So send us out and may God's Love and peace and justice go with you wherever you may go, always. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for services. Uh, very rainy uh, Sunday morning. Uh, love to see you again next week and the weeks ahead. Have a blessed week.